I'm Anne, and I'm an Erper. And I'm Casey. I have no idea what an Erper is, but I want in. Join us on Why Not, a Winona Earp fangirl podcast as I introduce Casey to my favorite show and find out if she has what it takes to be an Erper. There you are. Hey. You're always so creepy. I'm like brightly lit. I've got my ring light. I'm all professional. And you're like in a well. I'm, this is my mood. This is it. What are you, angsty and gothy now? No, it's nighttime and I'm sleepy. You have to stay awake and do a podcast. Don't like take a warm bath and get comfortable. That's why I made coffee. Ugh, what was in my drink? That didn't taste good. Eh, it'll be all right. You ready? Yeah. For reals? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like one of those theater students. Like, like, did you take theater in college? No. <laughs> I barely went to college. (laughs) I had to take these theater classes and it was just like, you know, it was college theater. So it was tiny stage, a lot of people wearing black behind the scenes so that, you know, you don't see them scuttling around to put shit around. That's you're cracking me up right now because literally all I can see is your head because you're wearing a black black shirt. It's all black. It's black in the background. (laughs) You're like Avenue Q stage hand right now, just like shuffling around to bring in a new chair. Oh my God. Gosh. All right. Let's start this. Oh, it's floating. It's a floating head. (laughs) Start this shit show. Hi, and welcome back to Why Not? Oh, I know Earp fangirl podcast. Hey, Casey. Hey, Anne. Why are we here? What are we doing? (laughs) We're we're not here here for me, (laughs) only liking my own dog. We're here for season three, <laughs> episode 11, Daddy Lessons, written by Shelly Scaro, directed by Paolo Barsman. And it aired September 20th. <laughs> Thank you. It aired September 28th, 2018. And you this know is our up? fifth take of just saying the episode. We haven't even started the podcast. We're going nowhere. <laughs> Anyway, it's a song by Beyonce and the Chicks. Oh. It's from long, a long, long time ago, 2016. So you may not remember it. I would play a sound bite from it, but I don't have it queued up. So forget about it. Oh, great. Well, tell us the things you would do if you were a better podcaster. <laughs> you know what I would do right what now? What kind of student were you? Because you just finished the episode in your notes like two seconds ago. <laughs> Shut you stop telling all my secrets? It's not a secret. Oh, it's not? No. So what are you drinking? <laughs> I apologize in advance for whatever happens in this episode. What are you drinking? I am drinking. Oh, now I forgot the name of it. Uh, it's not a Palermo because that's a pizza. It's a Pomelo. Pomelo? Paloma. <laughs> I 
I knew it started with a P. It's a Paloma. And it's like oh. a grapefruity tequila drink. And I might have put a little too much tequila in it. And I didn't eat dinner. But it looks delicious. Drinks, it's very refreshing. Today's drinks are sponsored by at Beboppin, who bought us a drink and Ooh. left a message saying, loving this podcast. Just mm-hmm. started the show this week and I finished the Cat Burrell episode. It was so wholesome to listen to. I agree. Very fun and wholesome. I don't have anyone to watch and talk about the show with, so it feels nice to listen to your banter and jokes. Thank you. Thank you, Beboppin. I love that handle. Oh, what are you drinking? (laughs) I'm going to screenshoot this. So bad. Please hold it up out of the darkness. Oh, is that a Kool-Aid um <laughs> Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid, pouch? Kool-Aid jammer? <laughs> She's literally a 12-year-old. I was so thirsty, it's all I could find. Oh my god. Um, this drink is also sponsored by Lenora Clooney, who bought us five drinks with a oh message that says just because. <laughs> Just because. Just because. I always wanted to get flowers that had a card on it that said just because. This is as close as I'm ever going to get. So thank you. Is your Capri Sun drink? You know, there's mold in the bottom of those things. I could give her ass ass. It tastes like amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's start this show. You always got to ruin my shit. But did you want to keep talking about your drink? No, we're good. Why is my nose running? Is it the tequila? Did that happen? Mm-hmm. Why is my nose running? I'll swipe it in my shirt. Could be. Oh, that's, that Screenshot that. <laughs> I choose the screenshot. <laughs> Don't tell <laughs> me. <you. laughs> screenshot. <laughs> screenshot. You're wiping your nose on your uh, shirt. On my black shirt. It's going to be all. <laughs> Whatever, I can't. I'm, my headphones. If I, I'll get up to get a tissue and I'll yank the headphones. <laughs> All right. You know what? It, what? You could just take off your headphones, get a tissue, wipe your nose instead of using your shirt collar to wipe your nose. Whatever, Capri Sun. Mm, some mold in the bottom. It makes it taste delicious. <laughs> it's, it's fermented. It's almost like wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. All right. Do you want to take the first scene? We're, um, this yeah. is episode 11. Yeah, I said that already. We have one left of this season. I know one, one. <clears throat> I feel like it's one left of forever, of forever. Well, like it's the end, but we still have season four. Thank Twitter God. thinks you should wait and watch a whole bunch of panels before you get to go to season four. Well, they cray. I, I told them they were monsters. I'll name <laughs> names. I'll name names later. Devil. Who thinks you should have to wait? The children of the devil is who they are. Exactly. I'm not waiting. I know they call themselves fans and listeners. They want to torture you even more than I have. Really? Yeah. Not nice. nice. Okay. Okay. I'll name names. You know who you are. So the scene number one, we're for sure not in a morgue. Remember how we had that conversation last time and you're like, no, we're in a morgue. It's for sure the morgue. Anywhere Anywhere there's a dead body is considered a morgue. That's exactly what you said. Rewind and put it in if you need to because i'm like i don't think a morgue has wood a morgue has wood uh paneling and windows in it it's purgatory 
And we were also already in the morgue at one point in a different episode. Why are we episode. arguing about a morgue? <clears throat> so anyway, we're for sure not in the morgue. And we're on we're in, we're in the office. What? We're in a morgue. You need to zip your lip, <laughs> lock it, and put it in your pocket. <laughs> <clears throat> so... Charlie's laid out on a conference table is really what it is. And hot and <laughs> I almost spit my Paloma pizza drink all over. <laughs> and hot and Waverly are standing around him and they're wondering like, oh my God, what the fuck are we going to tell Winona? And um, how are we going to tell her that Doc like ripped into Charlie? Um, but then hot gets called away from Nedley over the radio who's needing a hand in town because shit's really um, going down. And, but before she leaves, she touches Waverly's arm. And when she does that, Waverly has a vision of the stairs after hot leaves. Waverly touches Charlie's neck with her ring finger hand with the bullshars ring on it with no oven mitt, no oven mitt. And then Charlie's eyes pop open and he wakes up and sits up and he's like, hello. It's just like, and, hey. Yeah, and Waverly like takes the fuck off. So I should have said, I should have prefaced that we're not in a morgue, but Charlie is like literally, he looks, he's covered with a sheet. It's as if he's in a morgue. He's butt ass naked on the conference table with nothing. I mean, who's going to sanitize that conference table is what I said. <laughs> who gonna I don't that? think it's a conference table. I think he's on a stainless steel thingy there were hooks on the wall this is like a morgue by purgatory standards okay it's not okay listen it's it's not the wood shut up listen (gasps) listen linda listen honey (laughs) linda (laughs) it's not the morgue that we saw from the jack the ripper episode that's what you're thinking of right yes i know that that is was like she when hot when I mean when um hot addresses Nedley over the radio, she says, We're in the office. Does she? Bring it up. Oh my bring god, we are up. never gonna get through this episode. You're gonna make me bring up what hot says. And look at the table. It's wooden and it has wooden rails on it. I notice these things because I'm because you do your homework because I last <laughs> minute. Because I just saw it. And then you bring it up because you know I'm not going to stop and check your work because we're already recording. Why can't I even think hard enough to figure out what app I'm supposed to open to get my Google show? Because tequila, that's why. TV. Where are my episodes for you? This is not what I'm trying to look up. God dang it. Why do you do this to me? Get it before you do. Why are we even friends right now? Oh my god! <laughs> Why did you do this to Casey, me? Casey, I literally can't think right now. Hang on, I'll what show you. What is happening? I'll show you. Just one moment, please. You know I have zero patience. Oh, here it is. Google TV. That's what I want. Station, Sheriff. Now, what do you need? Yeah, the morgue is in the station. Yeah, Roger that. Hold on. Now we're gonna fast forward. 
to him on a table. It might look like it's stainless steel, but it's it not. It is stainless <laughs> steel. It has a lip around the edge to keep the human juices in. <clears throat> you know what? You know what? It might That's be an autopsy the fucking table. table, and you know it. It is <laughs> like not a table. kitchen table. No, look at though. Look at. Oh, shit. Catherine, we have an episode to do. I know. I Admit just want to show wrong. you this one thing, though. Mm-hmm. Look at. There's newspaper over the windows. That is not a morgue. It's. They've had some shit happen in that building. They just have to do with. That is a stainless steel table. That I can't matter. see it on could your be the kitchen table. phone. Get a, get a pixel phone. You know what? Get a fucking iPhone, dude. That is not. Why can't I focus? It's the tequila, isn't it? What episode anyway, go on. on. No, and now I have to see this friggin' table. It's stainless steel. But I'm saying it could be the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's what? Oh, it's stainless steel. It's the kitchen table. They don't have a stainless steel kitchen table. How do you know? It look it, it has the edge for juices. You're wrong. I'm right. Bam. Anyway, when she touches her. I don't remember that happening. Why did that happen? When she touches her and then like, did Hot see the stairs or did just Waverly see the stairs? No, remember when Hot was there? Hot was there. She saw the stairs. When no, no, no. I mean, Jim... when 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 Hot touched her oh, to like no. console her. You think no, just I wonder. Waverly I don't think it? so. I think only Waverly saw it. But yeah, that was like, remember that scene where it was Jeremy, Robin, I think it was, and Hot, and they were by the stairs, mm-hmm. and Hot was about to go up the stairs. Yeah, it was like that. To like, yeah. The other like thing that. about this scene is like, so Nicole's like, she's trying to be super supportive, right? And she's like, she wants to be there for her, but yet she's still the sheriff of a town that's fallen apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wants to be this like steadfast support system for her and like the whole family really. And I was just thinking like Nicole really stepped into a big bag of shit when she started dating this girl, didn't she? Yeah, she has some stuff going on. I mean, she's <laughs> got to be crazy in love with yeah, this I get girl. That. I get to that deal with but, all this extra. It, but now Hot has her own extra. Yeah, but she keeps it under wraps really well. Like, she's definitely more of the pillory supportive. She person. is nonstop fighting for this girl mm-hmm. and this family. Like, yeah, you're right. Can they ever just Netflix and chill? Like, Right. There's no doubt. You know, we think our lives are crazy. <laughs> Hello. I don't know if they could handle this. This life or <laughs> our life. I don't know. They're kind anyway, of like I was just like, shit. God, she's like, she's like, she's like, puts up with a lot of shit. Not puts up with, but like, good egg, good egg. Right. All right. So then Waverly books it out of there because she's so freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then we're at the homestead porch and Winona's just she's sitting on the porch and she's talking to the moon, telling it to, to simmer down because it's two o'clock. Right. What are you doing up and so angry? And she's looking at that photo that Doc left her of the group. 
And she's saying, you know, I really tried. Uh, I think you bet on the wrong horse. And just as she says that a horse, a literal horse walks through her yard and she's like, what are you doing? Keep going. This is your last chance. Like run for your life, basically. Um, And then she's like, you know, some of us got to figure out how to save the world. And then the old tornado siren goes off, warning the town of danger. When I saw that horse walk through, I'm like, this is a symbol for something. And now I'm going to have to figure out what it fucking symbolizes. But I didn't. There was nothing. I didn't go that far. I think you we're didn't? right. I think we overanalyzed the morgue and the table enough <laughs> that we don't really need to dive into anything else in this whole episode. We There's nothing to the dive really into. Hard hitting questions. I didn't come to any conclusion about the horse other than it was a big horse. Okay. Well, there you go. <clears throat> so then um, we see Robin and Hot. And they're walking down Main Street of Purgatory, mentioning how, like, they did a good job. Everybody's left town. You know, there's a few stragglers, but pretty much everybody's outie. And um, that people are actually smart and they have a brain and they know to run away from the triangle and not towards it. Then Robin mentions that he, like, helps some hedgehogs across the tri- <laughs> across the river or something. It's so funny. He's like... Oh, cutie yeah, um he's and been deputized in an emergency and he thinks right. he's like really tough shit right now like, yeah he and he's she, a cop and she says that the only reason that he was made a deputy was because they had an emergency safety vest and that they were desperate for help so she asks about his dad and he says that he get he got out okay he's with a neighbor um but you know they start talking about the moon and wonders if it's ever gonna set but, um, you know, fear not, Jeremy's been up all night doing something with Bolshar's arm, Robin says. So Hot wonders if, um, you know, Jeremy can actually science his way out of this one. And Robin mentions that he'll die trying. Um, just then, Winona pulls up in the truck. But, man, it was totally beat up. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, it's looking really, really rough. It's looking super rough. And I'm like, why the heck is this happening? The bumper part is falling off the mirrors are held held on by electrical we tape could do like a deep dive of the progression of like how it just starts to fall yeah off. oh my gosh we could um so winona um says that she hasn't seen purgatory this empty since shorty's had a charity car wash and and there, there was a short shortage so hot sends jeremy to, or i'm sorry hot sends robin to make sure that the buildings on another street were evacuated and that's when hot tells winona that they've been telling the townspeople that they're actually evacuating because of a forest fire. And Winona's like, yeah, nice. Um, she says, yeah, because running, yelling, run for your lives, killer moon tends to fill their dipes. Now, I thought this part was interesting. Winona says, um, they don't even know what's coming. And Hot says, like, hell, they don't. Mm-hmm. And we've always been talking about how the townspeople, what do they have their heads up their asses? Cause they don't know what's freaking happening around there mm-hmm. or they're just ignoring it or they're just whatever, because it's like purgatory and where the hell else are they going to go? So I thought that was interesting. And hot mentions like, Oh, like hell they don't. Um, they know more than you think you d- they do. They definitely know more than, and we hear that like soon. Mm-hmm. So hot tells Winona that Waverly is over at the station and um Winona calls her out on it she's like yeah no no she's not there uh, I was just there and it's empty and I kind of need to find her it's like a 911 emergency and Hot's like what the fuck you could like see you it in her there. face like yeah. you were there no one was there and Winona asks if Waverly has told her about Kevin and Hot's like uh no who's he and then Winona gets back in the truck saying uh she's like talking to herself I don't think waves would do that and Hot's like hold up what 
um, like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then she just takes off and says, I'll keep you posted red and drives off in the truck. Yeah. And she's just like, Nicole's just left there yelling. Like, you can't just leave me here with half the story. We got to talk about Kevin, but she's yeah, who like, the fuck is Kevin out of there. Yeah. Right. Oh and God. she's like, wait a minute. Like you were there and no one was there. How could nobody like, we left a dead body there. Like so many questions. And again, she just left there. She's always left. Yeah, she's always fucking left yep. there. Yep, left alone. Uh, I also like in that scene too, where when when Ona shows up, she says, "What's up, whistleheads?" Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And then we have this this short scene where we're at Shorty's, and we have this couple just wandering in, looking for their lost dog. Right. Um, which of the three of mine, if it wasn't my favorite one, I'm not. <laughs> Just kidding. I would look for my dogs. Just kidding. I always evacuate with my dogs. I've had to evacuate because of fires. At least one oh of them. Oh my God. That's what my town told me anyway. Were they really not California? <gasps> oh fires? my gosh. Right. It could the have been sky was red. Else. It totally could have been the eclipse moon. Son of a. Wow. I bought it too. Um, anyway, so they're looking for their lost dog and they're doing a little liquor looting while they're at it. And they don't really seem very concerned about the evacuation at all. And then they kind of mention that it's like the classic purgatory panic. And then they joke about like, oh, what are there more monsters on the mm-hmm. loose? See, so apparently they they've know. told the town some stuff before, right? Or maybe the town, some people just open their flipping eyes Someone's once in a while. seen something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Yes, I know. And then, bam! Who pops up from around the corner? But Snarly Doc. Well, how? Why would they be looking in the bar for their dog? What is the bar? How would their dog have gotten in the door? I'm going to go into this bar. It's not like CVS where the doors automatically open when you step on a mat. They're big, heavy doors. Right. We're pulling the thread. I'm like, we're never getting anywhere in this episode. <sighs> and also when doc once he like pokes around the corner they're just look like this mm-hmm. hmm. like nothing like you can come around the them. corner in my house and i'd shit my pants shit. Right yeah now. i would have pissed yeah. my pants i'm always jumpy <sighs> so um next we're at this the stone stairway and waverly's there and it looks like she's just kind of coming to kind of like waking up or something she's like and, in the fetal position and she's yeah walking back and forth and Winona comes up on her, like finds her in the middle of this forest. And she's like, Waverly, Herb, get up. And Waverly just gives a coy, like, oh, hi. hi. Like, no big, nothing major is going on. And Waverly says she doesn't even know what she's doing there. She just wanted to see the stairs. And Winona's like, yeah, so would I. Where are they? And so she can't, she can't see them. And um, Waverly says that she, she goes on about how she really didn't believe Kevin, but then something else happened with her and the ring. And Winona's like, what? Face melting, face fixing. Um, Waverly one-ups her and she says, actually, I raised somebody from the dead. Boom. And then um, she said that she's there to save humanity. Winona's kind of like yada, yada, yada. Waverly gets pissy and says that either Winona lets her climb the stairs or she's going to have to make her. And Winona's like, "Uh, make me? And Waverly's like, yeah, this is bigger than you. And then right away, Winona's like, you know what's big? You know what is bigger than you? Me. And then she writes, right hooks her to the face and knocks Waverly out. (sighs) And then Winona, you see her put her in the back of the truck. I thought she was putting her in the bed of the truck. Like, 
dragged her up and put her in the bed. Um, no, that's not actually what happened. Um, and she says that, and she says to like, nobody, like we don't see her talking to anybody. She's obviously talking to Waverly that she's sorry. And just like daddy used to say, just like daddy used to say, it hurts you more than it hurts me. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's not the phrase. It's supposed to be, it hurts me more than it hurts you. She said, just like daddy used to say, this hurts you more than it hurts me. Yeah. <laughs> and she like goes into the, well, that's a total, well, it sounds like, like something Ward, the abuser would say. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's typical backwards, but yeah, Winona shows up and she's like, not having any of this bullshit. Right. She's like mm-hmm. mama bear. She's saying Waverly's full name. She's just like enough of this shit what are you doing here get your ass up you're not doing this let's go how do you think she found her phone tracker no that when she was mumbling like oh because she can't see the stairs no she can't see the stairs but maybe she remembers that general vicinity where they were last time when she couldn't see it but i mean literally why not or waverly could have been anywhere she could have been anywhere in purgatory, which we know. Yeah, is- but she knew she was like, she wouldn't do it, would she? So she knew she was going to okay. that area. Yeah, that's true. She knows. She knows her better than anyone. Sorry, I had to drink some of my drink. You got me all hot and bothered with all your thread pulling and wooden table bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> so we're so back in town. We. So are we. And Nicole and Winona are sitting on the side of a curb and they're talking. And Nicole's like, you did what to my girlfriend? And when I was like, listen, the details aren't really important. What is important is that she's safe for now. And Nicole's like, you knocked her unconscious. Like, that's kind of a big deal. And Winona goes on to explain how she didn't even know how she got to the stairs and that the look on her face just knew or told her that she was going to do something dangerous. And they both agree that they can't really keep her prisoner, but they can't really trust her. And Winona just wants Nicole to drive her somewhere safe, get her out of the Ghost River Triangle. And Nicole's like, I can't just road trip my honey down to Austin for tacos because she's the sheriff and she's got a town under siege. And um, Nicole says, besides, like, Waverly could convince me to do anything. Like, she's not the best person for the job of, of keeping her hostage, right? And Winona says, like, getting a blazing phoenix tattoo all up your butt. And then Nicole says, yeah, if that's really what she wanted in her beautiful heart. Do you remember hearing about a phoenix tattoo? I Easter egged you with that. You did? Mm-hmm. When I was saying I was going to get a tattoo and you're like, what are you going to get? And I joked that I was going to get a phoenix tattoo all up my butt. When I, was I like, what the fuck ever? We, we were joking about it. I mean, I made it sound like ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> I knew you would never. You would have said that, that out of been like, no, you're not. <laughs> I would never get something giant like up my back. Um, your butt? No. Oh no way. No way. Nothing's coming Ankles, towards your shoulders. <laughs> nope, not happening. You um, have to wear like a thong swimsuit so people can see that. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to see it. Why bother? <laughs> Just be like turning around, like you can tell me it's there. I wouldn't even know. Uh, Just me with a pin a couple of times. Done. <laughs> Done. Oh, okay. Call it a day. <laughs> oh my gosh, this episode. Anyways, so 
so Winona's like, yeah, I've got to take down Bolshar so I can't babysit her. And then Nicole's uh, all of a sudden speechless because who does she see? But she sees Charlie walking down the street. And, you know, Charlie, who she last saw in the morgue um, on a steel um. table. Um, and Winona's like, what's with the stuttering? There's no way this is due to Charlie. And Charlie's like totally <laughs> offended. And he's like, you already dumped me. You don't have to insult me, too. And Charlie, of course, just wants to help, but uh, only if it's for Waverly. He's in if it's for Waverly, but not if it's for the chick who just dumped him. Then we hear an alarm go off and Nicole's like, listen, I got to take care of this. um, But tell Waverly that I and Winona cuts her off and she's like, yeah, I know. Flaming Phoenix butt tattoo. Sure. On it. Um, But they've got each other's backs. You know, she's like she jokes about it, but she knows, you know, tell her I love her. And then Wynonna explains to Charlie that he just needs to get her out of the Ghost River Triangle and that if um, he could also do her a favor and apologize uh, for her when she comes to. And he's like, for what? Then Wynonna opens the toolbox and then a bound and gagged Waverly pops up and she <laughs> is pissed and she's all gagged and trying to scream shit. And then Wynonna pushes her back down and sits back on top of the lid. <laughs> it's like one of those like it's just like an angry little jack in the box right and then she's like I would totally pay money on Etsy for someone to make a Waverly jack in the box oh god get on that that's a good one um I like when um Charlie says you know tell her she he he tells Winona to like take it easy that even after he got all the gunk out of her lawnmower, she broke up with him. <laughs> even after he got all the gunk out of her hey, lawnmower. She's and like, she's like, that's not a, not a euphemism. euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's witty. I know. Um, so we're back at Shorty's and, and we're in the basement and somebody's coming down the stairs. And who is it? It's Kate. Goddamn Kate. She's looking for Doc and um, she's back because she thought Doc was ill. And Doc's all like growly and everything and which i'm not going to even attempt and um apparently doc texted her saying that there was an emergency but kate's like you look fine there's no emergency that's really come a long way with his cell phone usage (laughs) remember in the beginning when he was like like, yeah (laughs) he couldn't even figure shit out now he's texting kate yeah that's true um but then doc says it was an emergency (laughs) Mm, it's an emergency of the heart and I was like, oh, no, shut up. And Kate's like, you know, back off, dude. You're in love with somebody else. And Doc explains that, yeah, that person's not going to want him back because of him and the, you know, whole vampire situation. And Kate's like, boo hoo. You did this for her. It's not my deal. And Doc's all acting like total shades of weird. You can tell that Doc is totally off. And he doesn't want to talk about her anymore. He wants to eat. He's like real hangry. Yeah, he's snarly. He's like snarly, but he's also laughing like when he killed Charlie and he walked away that time, how he was kind of like, <laughs> yeah, he's just weird. He's, he's really weird. He's, yeah. So then he calls out for the two randos that were upstairs looking for their dog and they come out from around the corner and their names are Tabitha and Reed. Um, and they're like glimmer glamoured mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And they found their dog and Kate sees that doc is like, because of doc made some comments and takes Kate's like, Oh, you're coming around to this vampire life. 
then it gets real weird. And Reed wants to play with Kate and Doc. And I don't think that they mean volleyball. Mm. Um, volleyball. So then, like, they get on the couch and it's all weird. And then Tabitha puts back her head and, sh- like, she's giving her neck to them and then her then kate and doc just go in on her and totally feed yeah just like nasty and the noises and stuff yeah yeah it's "Eh, too much too much too much Mm -hmm. um and yeah and they they're glamoured glimmered so they just lay there there's like no struggle it's just no none have at it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i don't like that scene at all and i don't like doc i don't like him like this at all no. And we're back at the sheriff's office and it's been evacuated and only Bobo is left there in the dry fish tank and in walks a pack of revs and he's trying to convince them like, oh, hey, buddies, like, yeah, he's totally like, Yo. Park? we used to barbecue together. How about you <laughs> open the door and let me out? And they're not convinced that he isn't working for the law now. And he's like, mm-hmm. why would I be in the tank if I was working for them? Which these revs are the idiots like exactly why would he be like if he was well, they're not that them, dumb why would he be in the tank right right i mean they're not yeah and then um he tells them he's like i'll let you in on a secret like i wouldn't tell you this if i was working for them but winona no longer has her gun mm-hmm. and then in the end it's just not enough for them and they don't believe him and they leave him there anyway right well because he gives he's like oh the keys are in the top drawer like that's the first thing that they that he says to them thinking like, oh, they're going to totally help me. The keys are in the top drawer. And then they're like, fuck you. We're not going to let you out. Mm-mm. And now we know, now we have the keys. So we have guns. And now we know that Waverly or why not? That doesn't, she doesn't have her gun. So bye. Bye Felicia. Bye Bobo Felicia. So um, Charlie and Waverly are walking and Charlie's explaining to that. Winona is going to build an arsenal and that his job is to take Waverly out of the Ghost River Triangle, like to Dollywood, Tahiti, Vegas. No, none of those. Waverly asks if Winona told Charlie about Waverly going into the garden. And she explains that she needs to climb the stairs and she has this hunger to help. And she knows that is what she's there for. And Charlie says that he promised to keep her away from there. And um, then she goes and pulls out some rope out of the back of the truck and she says to him that she's he's going to have to tie her up, really, is what she's saying, and to keep her out of the garden. And Waverly says that she doesn't want to have to sacrifice herself to save all of humanity. Not until she absolutely has to. What does that mean? Well, it means that um, she doesn't want to sacrifice herself <laughs> to save all of humanity. Not until she absolutely has to. <laughs> <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> oh, oh God. You'll go in talking about a table and a morgue for 20 minutes. You're not gonna expand on like what I don't what think that, that has that that's what it means. <laughs> My is in town and she's walking to her truck and she's got like all kinds of sporting equipment and it like takes me a minute to realize like what is she doing and i'm like oh yeah she's getting anything she can find to fight with right she's got Mm -hmm. like golf clubs lacrosse sticks whiskey crutches and it's like it's kind of hilarious really like her pickup truck filled with like are you going camping are you selling things on facebook marketplace like what are you doing with all this shit um 
And then a bunch of revs show up and she's like, oh, look, it's the world's worst sons of anarchy cosplayers. Sorry, fellas. I don't have time to fix your mopeds. Why were the sons of anarchy people on mopeds? No, they were motors. They were like a motorcycle gang, but she's oh, like making fun really? of them. Like, yeah, I've never seen it. Okay, I only know because it filmed by my partner's sister's house. So anyway, so she's like, "Yeah, I don't have time to fix your mopeds." And then they start taunting her, and they're like, "What about shoot us? You got time to shoot us?" And then she plays it off. She's like, "No, nah, I'm busy. I don't have time to shoot you." Um, maybe you've heard that Bolshar is going to murderize us all, and then. Um, they realize that Bobo was telling the truth that there's no way she has peacemaker or she would have shot them all already and gotten them Mm -hmm. out of her way. And then she raises a shotgun to try to shoot them. And they're like, that's not going to kill us. It's not your magic weapon. She's like, yeah, but it can still powwow your nads off and then click no bullets because she stole a gun with no bullets. Doesn't come with bullets when you steal it. Oh, Um, and then they say that, you know what, we're betting on Bolshar to win this battle and we're going to take you as fealty for Bolshar and um, fucking fealty again. It's all we hear about. I know. I know. That fealty should be tattooed fealty. on us. That's what you want to get out of all the Winona Earp content you could get. No. You're going to get fealty. No, edit that out. Yeah. Save it. You might change your mind after season four. There might be a better tattoo. Okay. All right. Don't go with fealty, but we'll, we'll write it down as like, we'll keep a list fealty. No, I don't like that word. No, take it off. You, you said take it. it. Off the list. No, I don't no, want that. It's on the list. I don't want enough. You know, just because it's on the list doesn't mean you have to take it. Feel, fealty. Possible. Why Nona Earp tattoos? Oh, Palooza for Casey. Tattoos. Fealty. Done. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, the scene opens up with Winona kind of tied up. And there's this rev curling her hair. And she, she says, looks fabulous. She does. She always, I mean, good she's gosh, she always does. She's by revs and she looks amazing. It, yeah. It, she's perfect in every way. Um, and she says she's not much of a ringlet girl. And he says that he hasn't done hair since his sister's wedding, which was in 1879. Right, but first um, he's like in 79. In 1879. When she married the man that he loved. And she tries to tell the Rev, who we know his name, Jarvis, that Bullshire is the snake and the one who cursed humanity. And Winona tries to talk to Jarvis and convince him that, you know, like Bullshire's a piece of crap. But Jarvis thinks that the only way that the Revs are going to survive is by aligning with Bullshire. And Winona's like, no way, man, you're going to be a zombie slave. And is that that's not survival. So another Rev brings up a dress and holds it up and is like, do you think that she's going to look good in this? He's so excited too. And I know. And Jarvis calls him out and is like, it's really creepy, dude, that you try to get all the ladies into your dead wife's dress. I like in this part too, something she says, she says, uh, can we dump our emotional purses out later, Jarvis? I have actual shit to do. <laughs> and did you see what he was curling her hair with? I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I've seen it on uh, YouTubers. It's like, it's like a spirally. Um, was it a real curling iron? Like yeah, it plugged so. in somewhere? I thought it was his, like he had a hook arm for a minute. That's what I thought. No, I think it was a real curling iron. Oh, okay. We have to stop pulling the thread, Casey. We can't. Like, I'm we sorry. Rewind, just, play the that really back? wasn't the, <laughs> in the thread. It was just simply wondering what type of curling iron he was using. You think you could get those ringlets? We'll Google it. Want- no, you're not I, a ringlet girl. A hundred percent. No. <laughs> 
Oh, they were at the greenhouse. And Charlie's walking into the greenhouse with Waverly. And she's like, how did you know how to come down this driveway? And he's like, I didn't really know. I just uh, remember turn, you know, I don't remember turning. It just felt like it wasn't safe to keep going. And then we see fog, shitty freaking fog again. And then Waverly's like, hmm, fog, this is always a good sign, right? Um, Yeah, it's not Waverly. You should probably get the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she says, well, but maybe the fog wanted us to come here. And then she comments on how like, wow, this is weird. Like nobody's been tending the plants in this greenhouse for years, but they just keep growing. There hasn't been a a gardener around here for 25 years. Look (laughs) at these plants just sustaining life all on their own. I can't keep a fucking cactus alive in my house, but mm. I'll pray Uh, for the three dogs and the tortoise and your kids. If you can't keep a cactus. I don't do plants. All right. I don't do plants. Um, (laughs) Anyways, Charlie looks at the angel statue and he says, holy shit. But then when Waverly asks him what, he says nothing. And she drops it. He like says, holy shit. And she just drops it. That has happened a couple times in this episode. And I'm thinking to myself, Anne would never have dropped it. My notes say you and I never would have let that go. He would have spilled everything because we would have gone completely Barbara Walters on him. We would have Uh him crying, (laughs) telling us everything that ever Mm -hmm. happened in his life. Mm -hmm. We would have him laid out on a couch, spilling all of his secrets. Yeah. And then he just says, oh, it's just because I like greenhouses. Yeah. And he's like, but who doesn't? Right. And she's like, seasonal allergy sufferers for one. (laughs) And he chuckles, chuckles, get it? Chuck. Oh, oh. <laughs> this <is> Charlie. Uh. <laughs> That's my fake laugh. <laughs> but yeah, she just drops it. Like, what else do you have to do right now, Waverly? Get the goss. You have all the time. You're stuck in a greenhouse with this Absolutely. guy. You barely know. Find out everything. hundred percent. What's your fake laugh? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't it. I'm legitimately laughing. That's my fake laugh. I don't know. I can't just do a fake laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Monster. (laughs) (laughs) That's your. (laughs) It's my fake laugh. When I don't think you're funny at all, I just say instead of going. (laughs) (laughs) You're going the complete opposite, like downplaying your laugh. I just go over the top. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's fake laugh is. You're like, <laughs> I can't do it when I'm laughing. We're just going to stay here until I don't know, the fog goes away or like Winona gives us the all clear side, like, right, whatever. So then we're um, back in the basement of Shorty's and Doc's trying to wake up Kate. And when she finally wakes up, she's like pretty pissed at Doc that he she had is so her- crabby. I would never yeah. wake her up. No, he's like she said that um, she's pissed because he had her do filthy things in a filthy basement. <laughs> yeah. And then says that they need to go. And Doc tries to explain that if Bullshire gets into this garden, that there will be nowhere to hide in all of the ter- territories. And he's pissed that Kate broke his toys and they it pans over to Samantha Sid. and Reed. 
you played too rough. You broke my toys. Oh, good one. Is that a good one? Mm-hmm. Let's try it again. <laughs> <laughs> you played too rough. You broke my toys. You <laughs> you played too rough. You broke my toys. I can only get the last <laughs> <word>. <laughs> <laughs> um so and then she says they aren't toys and your talents are to be trifled with right um so doc's pretty pissy for a guy she says that doc's pretty pissy for a guy that just feasted like a king but doc says it wasn't enough and he can smell it like he's going all crazy and kate's like mm-hmm. um you know she mentions that the fog's rolling in and Dax says it's like it's bringing them a gift and that he needs to taste it again and that he will find him with or without Kate and Kate's like dude why are you still hungry which is me to my kids every single day I'm like you just ate the whole family portion of pasta salad I made by yourself how are you still hungry but um it doesn't make any sense, right? Because like he was just drinking Capri Sun pouches of blood before. <laughs> Do you drink yours? Right. From a paper bag, like a tiny jammer. Little... Yeah. <laughs> Capri Sun jammer. And now he just fed off of like two people and he's that's not enough for him. What were you thinking at this time? I don't want to interrupt your Capri Sun, but if you could just answer the question. What was Why I thinking? Is my nose running. Am I allergic? Yeah, I don't to know. <laughs> what is happening? Brain fluid is coming it's out like of your nose. <laughs> it's a faucet. If that happens if you have a, a shunt in your brain, it could come out your nose. Do you have a shunt? No, I would know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, anyway. No, what were you um, thinking when he oh. was all like, I, I need to taste it again because, well, because he doesn't clarify, he's dead. Also, though, we don't know at this point that he's talking about Charlie. He's okay, never so you... said straight out, like, Charlie. I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm like. That's what I wanted to know. Like, because we assume that he assumes Charlie's dead because the last time he saw Charlie's dead. And I'm still there. thinking it could be Maeve in Doc. Like, mm. I haven't right. ruled that out. Right. Okay. Is it my turn? And <laughs> my brains are leaking out my nose. So it's my turn. We're at the greenhouse. And Charlie's tying up Waverly. And she's like, You're sad. He's like, Well, I thought my knot was pretty decent. She's like, No, I mean about your breakup with Winona. And he's like, Yeah, I'm not really sure we were ever really a thing. And then he tries to change the subject. And um she's like, Okay, uh, so firefighting, what kind of dog is the cutest? I would say it's a cattle dog, uh, personally. I'm biased. Um, and anyway, so she, so then he's like, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just tell me what you like best about Sheriff Hot? And this part is so cute. Like her face just like <laughs> totally changes and it, it, mm-hmm. it, her face just lights up when she talks about her. And she's like, wow, you know where to start? Um, well, she's brave and she's loyal and really great in uh, being good. And her voice like goes up an octave when mm-hmm. she says that. And then she says, and she likes me when I'm none of those things. 
sweet. I wish somebody would send me flowers with a card that said that. I like you even though I hate you right now. Mm-hmm. I still like you. Mm-hmm. I'll send you one. Thanks. Um, and then he's like, you know, I've seen you in action. You're pretty good. And she's like, where are you from, Charlie? And, um, you know, what's your family like? And Finally like, asking the hard hitting questions. Right. Have you been there? How long? And he's like, I don't really know. You know, the doctor said I must have had a head injury. And he just starts talking about how he just remembers walking into purgatory and he was starving and barefoot. And Waverly, the ever empath that she is, she goes to touch him for comfort And when she does, we see him walking into the fire station, like this vision, this flashback or something um, for the first time saying that all he wants to do is help people. And both he and Waverly can see it. Yes. What were you thinking then? Did you figure it out at that point? No. No. Okay. No, no, there's nothing saying there's nothing pointing to anything other than he walked into the fire station barefoot and right, hungry. It's just like, what's going on? Why yeah. can't you see these thoughts? Right. No. Mm-hmm. And I just figured it was because of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of the fire chief, Doc's now at the fire station talking to the chief who's like, you know, you need to leave. Like the town's being evacuated. There's no one here. And Doc being all creepy and weird. Doc um, says that he's looking for Charlie. And the chief asks who's asking for him. And Doc says, your master. Your master. Thank you. That was big. The chief pulls a gun and Doc like does his fancy gun work and pulls a gun out on the chief. And um, behind the chief in walks Kate. Like just saying like, tell my man what he needs to know, whatever. The chief freaks out and um, then explains how they can actually find Charlie. And that's by looking at the GPS on his phone. So, Doc shoots him anyway, freaking jerk face. Yeah. And then on top of it, hits Kate. And you Mm -hmm. can't tell me that that wasn't like on purpose because it was because Doc is like a, the best expert gunslinger. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But he really couldn't care less that he even did that. He's on, he's on one mission and that's Mm -hmm. to get his blood. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, uh, Kate's like, what the fuck? Something is wrong with you. You shouldn't be like this. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, you'll be fine as he like just walks away from her as she's bleeding. Mm -hmm. And then he says, but I won't be if I don't uh, drink off him again. Mm -hmm. The fuck do not like this at all. Even she's like, dude, for a vampire, like even for a vampire, you're still an asshole. Like you're extra. He was being really asshole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could be a vampire and still be cool, but you're being so not cool right now. Then we're at Bolshar's abattoir. And we're at this like giant table that reminds me of the Lost Boys and Peter Pan. And Bolshar's at the head of the table and he's clapping as his fealty Winona Earp is being presented to him. And who has a seat at the table? God damn, Mercedes. Mercedes fucking Gardner. And she's like, Jessam Crow Earp, what the hell's this outfit? Which I had to Google. And that's just a way to say Jesus Christ without taking the Lord's name in vain. What did she say? Jessam Crow. Jessam Crow. I never would have thought that. Nah, I gave it a good. I was like, what does that mean? Anyways, Mercedes is uh, always thinking about fashion. And Winona can't believe she's there because, uh, and then Mercedes also says, uh, welcome to the Purgatory Yacht Club, bitch. And, um, and then we see Winona like 
bartending for them. I don't know. Oh my she's god! Getting, yeah, <laughs> like she's mixing up bullshars balls like, drinks man, for everyone. She really fell into that role. Smooth. <laughs> right? She knows what tables are what. She knows who ordered what. Right. She, all the ingredients she's are like, there. You're working in my mm-hmm. zone. I'm doing the right. Yeah. <laughs> So she's also in the mixologist at the abattoir and um, she's getting drinks and she's talking to Mercedes and she's like, what the actual fuck? Like, is he torturing you or controlling your broke ass brain? What's going on? And Mercedes says, well, he's not doing either of those things unless you count an extremely good Manhattan as uh, mind control. And Winona wants to know if he's, uh, if she's banging him and she's like, no, gross. Like I'm just his lady friend. That's, this is all for show. And she calls it an apocalyptunity. And there we have it. Like Mercedes Gardner, always a survivor, scrappy. My money's on her at the end of the world. Like what won't this woman do to survive? She's like had her face chewed off. What won't she do to stay alive? Uh, so do you think it was Bullshire then who pulled her through the door? Oh, yeah, for sure. I or think she like a- legit had like a Tinder date or something. Right. And then like. One of the one of his guys or something showed one up. One of the guys. Okay. Yeah. He just needed wives. Like she said, it's all for show. So it's like he just has a bunch of these trophy wives. Um, anyways, Winona's not on board with her uh analogy of this being an apocalyptunity. And um <laughs> so then Mercedes gives her another analogy and she's like, listen. It's like the Titanic and you're floating on a door and you just have to hold Jack's head underwater long enough to ride it out. Ride it, ride it out. And my nona's like, have you lost your shit? Like, what is wrong with you? And Mercedes is just kind of like giving her this come to Jesus talk. And she's like, look, look at my beautiful face. I just got it back. You expect me to give up everything for Bolshar? No, fuck that. Um, and my nona's like, well, I'm not going to give up, you know, to the demon who cursed my family. And Mercedes says that, you know, this whole martyr thing isn't working anymore. He's got your gun. She's like, well, I'm not my gun. And then she's like, no, but you're a stubborn ass who who refuses to get that she's already lost the war. Uh, And that, you know, maybe you should just think about surviving this for yourself, for Waverly, for the baby. And then she's like, I didn't even ask, was it a boy or a girl? So she's like really trying to reach through to Winona here and connect with her. Um, She even goes as far as to say that she kind of loves her. Mm-hmm. And that if being a coward is what it takes to get to the end of the world, then chicken shit her up. Yeah. And it's like this tough love, but it's like really still kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it always is with them. Yeah. Even like from real. the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're back in the greenhouse and Charlie's freaking out. He's like, what the fuck just happened? I've had enough. This is too much. Um, but he knows that the fog brought them there. And he realizes then at that point, like, oh my God, the plants are flowering. Like what the fuck is happening? Um, And he knows he like, okay. So then all of a sudden he realizes like, I fucking know this place. Mm -hmm. I know this place and I know your ring. But then as he's in the middle of that thought, a car pulls up and he knows that they need to hide. Right. So then the the next thing we're at the fire station again, and um, the chief is dead on the floor. And you can hear hot over the radio or the, over the walkie talkie thingy um, saying, you know, chief, I need your help or whatever. There's this alarm going off, yada, yada, yada. Kate pulls herself over to the chief and talks to hot saying that um, she and the chief Kate doc's friend mm-hmm. and the chief need help. Right. And then back at the abattoir, um, Bolshar is making a speech and he's accepting their fealty. Um, 
And I really like the chandelier over the table. Yeah, you mentioned that. It's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bullshark goes on and on. And he says that, like, you know, I'll take one of you as my first lieutenant on tomorrow's journey. Who, you know, who should it be? And um, Mercedes interjects asking if anyone has a phone because they should totally be periscoping this. Um Winona tells Bolshar to take her. And he's like, you're not a warrior. You're my fealty. And I'm like, fuck you, Bolshar. She's a total mm-hmm. warrior. Like, mm-hmm. you can't get any more warrior than Winona. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, yeah, but I'm still the Earp heir. And he's like, you were. And then he laughs. And she's like, no, I, you know, I was a strong opponent. And she's like, I only want one thing. It's all I've ever wanted is to keep my sister safe. And he's like, ah, the chosen one. And she's like, I don't want her chosen and I will wipe your ancient ass for you if it'll keep her safe. So, you know, you can count on me, make me your Lieutenant. And he just laughs. And she's like, you know, you think this is a joke. What, what else do you want from me? What do you want from my family? You want fealty? I'll pay it. You want me to beg? And then she like gets down on one knee. My Nona Earp doesn't beg and she's willing to do this. And she says, please, I will fight like hell for you. And then she puts out her hand to him (laughs) and he recoils, like frightened and yells, put her in a cell now. And poor Winona, she's just like, don't fuck with my family. Oh my God. Oh yeah. When that happened, I was like, Ooh, that was a big thing. I think you said it. You're like, he can't touch her. He can't Mm -hmm. touch her. I think you yelled that. Oh my God. Um, so in the next scene, we see Waverly and Charlie, and they're hiding under a table. They're just spooning, the spooning right. under it the table. Like, yeah. Big spoon, little spoon. <laughs> and um, Charlie's not going to say another word about any of anything that Waverly and he saw that's like not a, he doesn't want to have the conversation. But then she puts her ring hand on him again, and she sees the truth that Charlie and her mom were in love. And then boom, walks Doc, Doc walks in all growly trying to find Charlie and Waverly whispers that um, he's going to kill him again. And then she crawls out from under the table and says, hi, Doc. She like comes up behind him. Hi, Doc. And Doc wants to know where Charlie is. The truck is there. And Waverly's like, oh, well, I stole it. Who, who wouldn't want to drive a fire truck? And then, um, you know, oh, the next time I'll grab a Dalmatian too. <laughs> and Doc knows that she's lying and can smell him in her that they smell alike that their blood smells alike and um that they are the same and then this is when she throws out the god blessed bombshell that he isn't charlie he's julian and he is her father mm-hmm. yeah she sees that flashback she's like you're not charlie my mother was is in love with love you. with you and she's like oh no why nona um and then yeah he like when doc is like t- smelling her and talking about her smell she whispers angel blood and you can see on her face like she makes the connection that mm-hmm. the angel blood is what's fucking up doc right now mm-hmm. like he got into the good stuff and it's messing with him <laughs> um and yeah it was so hard for me not to keep calling Charlie Julian. Oh my God, I bet it was. I was so afraid I was going to fuck that character up for you. 
and like just accidentally make it slip. And I was so worried you were already a little sus about him anyway. Well, because, because I said he's an angel. Mm-hmm. You said it like right, like the first time, one of the first. No, you That's said right. he was an angel when he we were in the abattoir, and he had the. Axe, <laughs> they were getting the. Mm-hmm. And you were and like, he he's an angel, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah That's and you right, called it he, and i like because it was all and i'm like because he's cool and be cool because <laughs> he said i want something about all i want to do is helping help people. people and then everything was totally peaceful and they when they were opening up the cages and people were just walking out and everything was just totally peaceful and i'm like mm, you're like he's an angel on. yeah he's something mm-hmm. he's an angel and then like thankfully you just kind of like kind of forgot about it or just i don't know did you still kind of suspect that he was her dad? No, no. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was like, you guys, I'm so afraid I'm going to slip up and call him Julian. And then she'll put two and two together right away. And like, I was talking to the chat group and they're like, no, no, no. If you screw up, just say like, cause you get, you know, like we mix up people's names all the time. I would like, never have no put it together. Deal. I was like, no, I'm going to totally <laughs> slip and call him together. Julian. And she's totally okay, but- going to wait a second. So does he, okay, well, we don't, I'm not even going to ask because you're not going to be able to tell me. He doesn't know that mom was out looking for him. He doesn't know any of that. He, 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 did he know he, yeah, he knew he was Waverly's dad. He only knows, he only knows what we know right now. No, he knows less than we know right now. He only knows what we just saw him say. Like he's, this is all fresh for him. Like his <gasps> memories are coming back, but it's just like this little bit right now, I think. Oh, really? So at this point, when when Waverly says that to Doc, he may he just found out when she put his her hand on him and they she it all was went down and the, they saw that flashback in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So he had no clue. Mm-mm. And I'll explain it in like a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, so then we're back in the abattoir. And Winona's in a cage. Okay, she's never been caged. What the cage bird's saying. And then um, she's asking Mercedes, like, what the fuck just happened? And Mercedes like, well, you ruined dessert. And she's like, no, this is the first time I've actually seen Bolshar scared. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes is like, I think this is the first time I've ever seen you scared. And, mm-hmm. and Winona says, I am scared. You could tell she was scared. Yeah, and she's never admitted that before either. No, but you could tell, like, the way she was talking and even the way that she was looking, like, you could tell she was shook. Right, like, what am I going to do? What is, mm-hmm. like, what is, like, so much is coming at her. Um, and so this is when they realize that, you know, Winona cannot touch him or something bad will happen to him. And Mercedes says, this is your advantage. This is what you've got. Winona says, what happened to, to chicken shit me up? And she's like, you happened. You always <laughs> happen, Winona. I just love their friendship. It's just like, it's mm-hmm. so different from her friendship with Nicole, but it's still so valid and special. Um, and then Jarvis, the Rev comes by and he's like, you know what? I'm only cursed because you are. And then somehow they end up deciding to work together and he unlocks her cage. Yeah. And Mercedes says, they think you basic, but you classic Chanel doll. <laughs> love that. It's like, they don't, they don't expect what's about to come. Mm-mm. Um. And then Mercedes gets her boobs out to distract Bolshar. And then there's good music. She rips the dress up to a more active fighting length. She puts mm-hmm. her hair down. She's fight ready. 
clear eyes, full bra, can't lose. Mm-hmm. Just and she pulls a pin out. Yeah, her hairpin. Her hairpin. That was a crazy ass hairpin. It was a man. nice looking hairpin. Um, so then we're back at the greenhouse. Waverly and Doc are talking, and Doc can't believe that Charlie is Waverly's dad. And he thinks it's all a fucking joke, man. And um, he's like, my best friend's great-great-granddaughter was sleeping with her baby sister's dad. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. It is a little, yeah. Um, Waverly tries to convince Doc that Winona actually loves him. And he's growled, stop lying. That's good. That's Thanks. Good. Thanks. I did practice that. And I did put it in my notes how I should say it. <laughs> stop lying <clears throat> he says that he doesn't feel the love he doesn't really feel anything at all um but all he feels is hunger for him and for her too fuck and then he attacks waverly mm-hmm. the fuck God doc damn. she's like i'll explain that later but and she says you love her too doc mm-hmm. on the back of the gardener mansion we're not back. This is the first time we're there. God, and Nicole's God. patching up Kate. And Kate's like frantically reading the cards over and over again, hoping they'll change. Dead, dead, dead. And uh, Nicole's tending to her wounds and saying that it's looking better than it did a half hour ago. But it's a gunshot wound. It's not a hangnail. Um, and Kate mentions that she needs the darkness to recharge and heal. But this moon's slowing it down because it's just not getting dark out. Right. And Nicole wants her to rest. Um but she's like, no, I need to find Doc. And Nicole's like, at this point, why do you even care? Like, dude's done you so wrong. Like, why are you even bothering? Mm-hmm. And she's like, why? Well, I, I made him what he is. And then she says, but he drank something he never should have. And Nicole, like, kind of comes to this realization. And she's like, like, he fed on something inhuman. Mm-hmm. And Kate nods. I was like, Nicole. Like Nicole doesn't isn't on it. Like I bet she's thinking like a dog or an alligator. I don't know. Do you think she's on? She's onto it. She's catching on to it. So then we're not himself, and she knows Doc pretty well. Yeah. Um, we're back at the the greenhouse, and Doc's like getting all handsy with Waverly, and she realizes that Doc wants the angel blood. So she beats on Doc's chest saying, Doc, are you in there? And then she slaps him across the face, a real good one. And he takes her by the arms and throws her to the ground right by Charlie, where he's laying under this table. And she um, tells Doc that he's never going to forgive himself for this. So Charlie's there and he pulls at the ring and she says, it's not going to come off. And he goes, but for me, it will. And she puts it on. And then Doc sees Charlie and approaches like where they're hiding and um, he says, you leave my kin alone. And then he picks him up and he throws him into the angel statue. And then um, I can't even make the noise like like this cr- angelic noise happens. And we see Charlie with huge angel wings. And um, he says that he wandered adrift outside of the boundaries of the triangle for years until a light shined in the darkness and it was his daughter crosseth over. Waverly looked behind her and, and she asked then, is Doc going to die? And Charlie holds out his hand and says, come child, there's no time for petty humanity even and even less with the doings of beasts. And then Waverly goes over to Doc and kneels over him and says, I'm sorry, Doc, we did love the man you were. 
And then he kisses, she kisses his cheek. And I thought at that point, he's gone, daddy gone. Yeah. So what did you think of this part? What, For what, years, what he says, yeah. Until a light shined in the darkness. It was his daughter crosseth over. I have no idea. Okay. So remember when we heard the story from Mama that Ward forced Julian out of the Ghost River Triangle? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, so when he did that, we know now that that like led to him getting amnesia, like having some kind of amnesia. Like that's when he lost his, that's when that happened. Oh. This is like just what we can piece together. Okay. Well, remember when Waverly steps outside of the Ghost River Triangle in season two to see if baby Alice and her yeah. revs? Well, that's when she crosseth over. <gasps> So that day crosseth over. That's when he walked back into the triangle, except he had no memory. That's when he showed back up at the like hospital. She crossed over and it broke whatever it allowed him to come back over. So he was in purgatory when um, mama was out of the institution and then He's been around. He just has no memory. He's been around. And they don't know who he is. Interesting. Oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. When he was saying that and I was reading it and then typing it and I'm like, it was his daughter crosseth over. He wandered outside the boundaries of the triangle until the light shined in the darkness. It was his daughter crosseth over. I have no clue. And better explain that. It's all very cryptic. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. And then when... um, just that part when like she go like he's like come on we should go but she like she feels like she can't leave doc right no of course not she loves doc and she goes over there with the tears running down her face Mm -hmm. strokes his cheek we did love the man you were and then she kisses him because really like he was her best man right Mm -hmm. like out of all the men in her life he was the best man Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) or waverly and So then we're at the, uh, I'll take these two because they're this one's just quick, but Gardner Mansion, Kate's still pulling cards as Nicole changes her bandage, dead, dead, like dead. Fucking herd of turtles. I know. And then she's like, wait, the cards are changing. The star, hope. And then we're back in Bolshar's abattoir. And the dead wife guy is mad that Winona's ripped up the dress. Um, and she's like, don't be an idiot. Come with me or... Um, you know, stay behind with these douchebags, but like, get with me. And then um, she says a dead Bolshar means a dead curse. And uh, this big fight breaks out. And then she pulls out her hairpin and she starts kicking ass. And Mercedes convinces this rev to like help out Winona. And um, Winona says, let's blow this Bolshar stand. Mercedes is like, ew, don't say blow and Bolshar in the same sentence. And then Bolshar shows up and he's like, you know, take her back to the cell. And Mercedes is like, why don't you do it? And then we see this standoff where like, nope, he can't touch her. Otherwise he would have. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, as Wynonna goes towards him, all of his beekeepers surround him and then he just vanishes. Damn it. 
And then Winona takes to the table and makes this rousing speech and basically says that, you know, as long as we stay divided, that's what he wants because neither of us can defeat him on our own. But if we come together, we can take him out. And then she says like such a non-Winona thing, um, so vulnerable. And she just says, I was never going to be able to do it myself. And then she says, anybody want to break a goddamn curse? And then they all cheer. Yeah, got herself a posse of dipshits. Yeah, um, and then we were back at the greenhouse, and Doc is actually alive on the greenhouse floor, and he rolls over and is moaning and stuff. And then he moves a piece of the broken statue, and finds something wrapped in cloth. It looked like, and he picks it up and he says, "Charlie, Charlie." That was. (laughs) I have it written out. (laughs) Charlie. <laughs> I think kind I of maybe we later. try so hard to be doc. I know one doc. Why do we try so hard? <laughs> they should have an app where you can change your voice to Ladoc's mean voice. Oh yeah. So then we're at the sheriff's office and Robin's working on a crossword puzzle and Bobo's offering him words. And Jeremy's upset that he hasn't found a solution yet. And he thinks that, you know, maybe there's something in Bolshar's DNA that allows him to control the beekeepers. And if he just had more beakers, maybe he could like solve this. So he goes to leave. And then Robin feels a little bad for Bobo um, and, and like runs after him. It's like, why are you, you can't just leave him behind. Jeremy's like, no, he tried to kill you and my friends more than once. So fuck this guy. And he's like, if we're going to, you know, do this, we're going to need a miracle. And then we flash to one of the best shots, which is just like Winona marching down the streets of purgatory in her gown and Mercedes is in a gown and she's just got like this whole ragtag policy of dipshits for no better other term, uh, marching down the street to badass music. I love that whole montage. Mm -hmm. So then we're back at the office and we see um, like this crazy ass fog walking like rolling into the bbd office and um guess who it is it's bullshar and he's walking in and he finds bobo alone in the turtle tank and bobo says that he's been abandoned he's been abandoned and um he says that he tried hard to make them see but he's done so many bad things and bullshar says you know bobo you're not one of them and then Bobo says, well, what am I? And then Bolshar says, what would you say if I'd offer you a job? And then you can see Bolshar or Bobo like stand up and like start taking this conversation seriously. And he goes, I would say, what took you so long? End of the goddamn episode. End of the goddamn episode. And it's like, there's this moment where you feel bad for Bobo again, right? Yeah, like I've like- been abandoned. Yeah. And he refers to him as Sheriff Cludy, right? Like mm-hmm. he's like back in time to like mm-hmm. when he used to live in the olden days with him. And then mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I tried to make them see, like, see my good, like that I can be mm-hmm. useful, that I could be like on their team, but I'd done too many bad things. There's all these glimmers with Bobo. Yeah. That's, I, I love, I really enjoy that character a lot because there's just so many like, so many differences like he's one one second he's like this big huge asshole who 
murders and you know blah 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 and, and it's just horrible a horrible person then all of a sudden he like has these like glimmers of he actually is a kind of a cool guy like right he's pretty kind and it's um, like he's taking a waverly and her whole he, life yeah like, exactly kind of like out for her yet yeah exactly to kill everyone like, right so it's confusing and i love pick it pick a lane bobo pick a lane no don't i love this <laughs> i love uh, well that's my issue but that's so interesting too because it's like why do I like Bobo more than Willa? Like <laughs> Willa has, you know, she's a tr- like she's a victim. Bobo's also a victim. Just because Willa like, sucks. She's just so nasty. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's horrible, evil too. And there are times when he does things that I'm just like too far, Bobo. Like ew, yeah. gross, too far. But yeah. you're still just like then you have this like glimmer of humanity in him, and you're like, right? Oh, but Bobo, like, right? Yeah, just try harder. And especially like in the flashbacks when he was like this, like really caring, helpful person, concerned yeah. about what was happening, and then he turns into a shitty guy, but with these glimmers of of yeah. that old person. I, I don't know. I just really like. I know. Bobo's I really like awesome. that character. So that was the end of that one. What do you think? why what what do you think about the garden what what's this garden situation have you given any thought to the garden well obviously what i thought was the garden isn't i thought the greenhouse was the garden okay remember um i'm concerned about doc if he's going to come around again um, I'm wondering what Winona is going to say about having relations with Julian. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know he's alive. She doesn't even know he's dead. And then she doesn't know he's alive. Oh, no, she Correct. does. She no, didn't know she, he died. She didn't know he died. Yeah. But he, she knows that he's alive. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot that's going to need to be clarified in the last episode. A lot. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have to wait two years. Right. For the next season. Yeah. So, so we'll mark our calendars. We'll just pick this. They'll pick it up in two years. Yeah. Why do you think Bolshar wants to go to the garden so badly? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um. He wants to control it, probably, I'm going to guess. He, I would say, yeah, he wants to control it. He wants to have all the power of the garden. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think that's what I would guess. Do you think we'll see the garden? Oh, I I don't know. I would know. I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. What do you think uh, it looks like? What do I think the garden looks like? Mm-hmm. I don't know, sort of like a garden, like gr- like lots of flowers, like <laughs> your face right now, like a, <laughs> like a garden, <laughs> like lots of flowers, some trees. Like There's at least two trees. Bed? Is it? No, there's at least two huge trees. Okay. Um. Do you think it's going to have like the tree of knowledge and the tree of life? Tree of life, yeah. Okay. Unless Robin is the tree of knowledge, which I still think that's a possibility because right. he's swallowed the thing and he's really smart. Um, 
don't know. Yeah. I I'm I have learned in this in this uh show that everything I say probably is not gonna happen because it <laughs> takes a totally fucked up twist. But in the and best I never way. would have said yeah, and I would never have seen it coming in one million years. So it's almost like you don't it's better that you don't like you kind of don't want to be right. Because it's like, no, the, when I you don't think about what you want to happen. You're like, but that's too easy or like, yeah. but hmm. though I do like going back, like what you said about how I said that Charlie was an angel. Like, I like that stuff. Like, oh, Charlie's yes, angels. Fucking right. <gasps> <laughs> that could be a cosplay. Oh, you're, you're already thinking of a cosplay. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's where I'm at. I'm, I, I'm really not looking forward to the season ending. I'm really not looking forward to starting season four. I mean, I want to start season four, but that means that it's going to end. I know season four is going to go really fast. Yeah. And I don't want it to like crazy, crazy, but then we can do panels and then you can start reading fanfic. Is that all sexy time? Lots of it, but not all of it. Oh, Okay. If you want it to be, it could be all sexy time. There's plenty of that. Oh, I just but thought it was can... all sexy time. And then you would, you'd be like, I say, what are you doing? And then you say, reading fanfic. And I'm like, God, what the hell, man? <laughs> she <laughs> was usually what I'm doing. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Reading fanfic. What do you yeah. want? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, some really good multi-chapter stuff. That's just really good. <laughs> good stuff. Um. So we do have a voicemail this week. We don't have any emails this week. Oh, okay. Um, but let me fire up. What's this? Text message. I gotta find it. This is my hold music. Hey there, Anna and Casey. My name is Barb. I'm from the Fargo Moorhead area. Longtime listener. I'm just kidding. This is Katie. Um, oh my God. I just wanted to point out that at the 320 mark of A Tale of Two Kevin, <laughs> the most recent episode of the podcast. <laughs> I have to pause. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> Longtime. I just want all of our voicemails to be like that now. Anytime <laughs> <laughs> radio callers, <laughs> long distance dedication going out to my sweetheart. <laughs> You're from the Fargo area. <laughs> Can I finish playing right, the rest? Okay. Podcast, which you already knew. I don't know why I said that. You're the one who names the episodes, whatever. Anyway, the 320 mark. Casey says we could still get a season five. Not there could still be a season five or you guys could still get a season five or whatever. She said we. And I know that her urberness is not in question at all. I know that we all called her an urber before she did. But just the fact that she said it without hesitating made my little heart so happy. (laughs) So much so that I paused the episode and have not continued because I felt compelled to record this also and for the love of god no 
there is no ocean near DFW. Like I'm like five hours from the closest ocean. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been to Galveston, but it is not um, worth going to. Anyway, yes, all the shark teeth that I have are real. Uh, yes, there are millions of them. Yes. I mean, I don't have millions of them. What I'm saying is, yes, I have that many because there are millions of them out there. Yes, they are all fossil teeth. They're not like, they're not like great white teeth that somehow wandered up to almost (laughs) Oklahoma. They're like millions of years old. We can hop on a Zoom call. I'll explain the science behind it if you want. But yeah, all of it's real. All of it's legit. Um, And please don't send me any coyote scat. Thanks for the (laughs) offer, but I'm good. Okay, bye. You're totally getting coyote scat. (laughs) (laughs) I have some ready to go. It's not as gross as you think it is. It's actually fascinating. Oh, Katie, she never disappoints. No, that was funny. <laughs> no, never disappoints. Did you see my face? I was like, <laughs> Katie, Casey was totally holding her face, trying not to giggle at the voice because she thought it was a real, <laughs> real person calling in. And Which would, she- I'm sure that they would have been a lovely Delightful person. So, hey, there's several ways for you to reach out to us. You can reach out to us with our uh, Twitter. You can reach us through our DMs at why not P. You can find us online at why not.com and leave us a voicemail or an email. Or, Casey, tell them about our new P.O. box. Sure. You can address it to why not podcast at 1336 More Park Road. Number 279 in Thousand Oaks, California, zip code 91360, Moore Park spelled M-O-O-R-P-A-R-K. Wow, you're like a legit radio person now. Oh, no. <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram at Why Not Podcast. All right. Any other words of wisdom about the Bible or the garden or the serpent or anything you want to leave our listeners with? No, I spilled my coffee and it's getting me, it's making me very nervous. It's on my toe. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week for episode 12 of season three. How is Casey going to handle the finale? Am I going to cry? Maybe. Son of a bitch. I want to prepare myself. Okay, bye. Bye. Don't do that again. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) We're we're here for a we're here for a podcast um we're on season three episode 11 it's called daddy lessons it's written by shell um shelly scaro directed by paolo barsman and aired september 28th 2018 you need to cut that part out about the beard (laughs) (laughs) something upstairs you can cut it out it's called editing why do you have to make it weird all the time? <laughs> Just, you need help. <laughs> this is good content. This is gold. This is content gold. <laughs>